0: So of course it's that time of the year again. That being All Star voting is up and going. You did, did y'all start voting this year? I, I actually haven't done it yet. I was supposed to do it, but I haven't. Uh, I haven't voted yet this year. Okay, okay. Um, with that being said, I guess I'll still ask a regular question. Like, do you who do you think is gonna be like a first time All Star this year? Who do you think has the best chance? Who's probably gonna be? Let
1: Anthony Edwards tell it him, tell him It'll be his first time Okay, <laughs> But he doesn't count Because he's an all-star already Whether he acknowledges or now, I like or his reasons why he doesn't yeah, count his himself, but, Yeah, his reason is because he was a replacement So he didn't get voted in Um, I think a first-timer not going to lie That's kind of tough this year Because early, Coming into the season I had a few people in mind That I thought could do it But the people that I think are gonna make it, they've all made it at least once. Um, so, the first time it would probably have to be like Chet that's why or was, Wimby. That's why I was gonna ask A, a young was, player. To, that's
0: why I was gonna get. an next n- No
1: Nobody else is standing out that's right. a, uh, that hasn't made it, that's been in the league for a couple of years. I feel you. And Nobody what, that comes straight to mind. Like early, coming to the season, we would say like Jamal Murray. Murray, he's been hurt. I don't, yeah, I don't think he's going to make it. Uh, uh, It was a few other people on that I list love, coming to the season. Yeah,
0: definitely. But oh,
1: oh, my bad. Okay. I do. I got one. Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey. Maxey has,
0: has, has a good chance. I definitely think Maxey could be a first-time also. I know it was a question of if he could be a starter or not. I didn't know about all that. But I do want to get in a chip because I don't think Wimby's going to make it because San Antonio is bad and he's a rookie. But with the way – how, with, how good OKC is this this year and the way that Chet is basically the second best player on the team already? Going back to East versus West, do you think there's room in the West front court for Chet to make the All-Star game this year? As technically a rookie, even though he hasn't, this is his first NBA season, but a lot of people don't consider those players rookies for whatever reason.
1: Exactly. Uh, and that's that's the, the tough thing when it's like, all right, because you know he's not going to He's not gonna get the, he's start, not he's not gonna like, get the starter the vote. Like right. LeBron, Katie, and Jokic is running away with that as expected. So now it's like, all right, front court players. You're gonna be going up up against Kawhi, Kawhi Paul George, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns. And that's where it's gonna start getting tough. Anthony Markinan, da- Anthony who is it? Lori Marking. Lori Yeah. Anthony Davis is gonna make it. Even if Carl shouldn't. Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert is going to make it. I think it's a good chance that they both make it. But one of them is going to make it. All right. Um, Sabonis. Sabonis is in. Doesn't he lead the – I think he leads the NBA at yeah, triple-doubles. If think, not, he's
0: second. I know he Ed, but, He was definitely in the rebound last night, checked, so I will not be surprised So bonus S- well.
1: Sabonis is going to be in. Kawhi is going to make it. He's played the games. Whether he cares or not, Kawhi is going to be an all-star. I really think Paul George might end up being one. It's a good chance Paul George is gonna be one. So I think when it comes down to it, when you're a rookie and it gets that close and you're depending on the coaches, the coaches always reward the veterans more than the rookies unless you're just doing, like Chess having a great season. Um, um, 18 points per game, seven rebounds, 2.7 assists. He averaging 2.5 blocks. He's a little under a, a full steal a game. But I don't think that would be enough for the coaches to put him in over a veteran.
0: No, I can dig that. And with that being said, I'm John W. Fresh X. And we are the Hoopers. But like you said, I can I definitely get where you're coming from with that because like his numbers are good, but they're not even necessarily good enough to be like, all right, yeah, we have to put you in over certain players and whatnot, especially coming from the coaches' vote. I do have a question, though, because I think with how popular – OKC is as a team on NBA Twitter how popular Shea is with the younger generation of fans do you think Chet could be could receive any of that to where it's like all right, he is challenging for not necessarily make it but because like I said I think OKC is like a team that young fans gravitate to because because like Shea is such a young you know they're a young franchise with you know but they're an exciting team do you think Chet could be could get any of that, even if you know, even if it just comes close to him being making it, but not still making it. Wait, you mean close to making the? Uh... Also, because of like, say, the fan votes that he could get because he's playing on the team with Shea. Right. They are top, top three in the the top three in the West, and like I said, he is. They they are popular amongst the young players, right. young Fans of the, of the NBA.
1: I don't think he honestly. I don't think he got a chance at the fan vote. Like I can respect it. Just because you're over there with back-to-back MVP, former champion, uh, reigning champion, the biggest pause outside of Steph LeBron, most important player in the NBA right now, and then Kevin Durant. Like, the, the guys are such juggernauts in front of him. I don't think he he's going to even garner enough votes, even slightly. But I can see the part, because OKC is... Like, the, the people's team. No, just, just mean, because of that, do you think you can make it fun? Like it, that, it can be but. fun. Like. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be enough for Chet this year, though. But for years to come, he, he's going to be out there. I'm going to do my first All-Star vote live right now while we're recording. Right. And I forgot Jalen Bronson, he's probably going to be an All-Star this year, too. So, he got a good chance to be a first-timer. No,
0: nah, yeah, I can do. But, yeah, Chet,
1: it's going to be tough, man. That fan vote is, is crazy when you're going up against KD and, Le, and LeBron. And Jokic's numbers are surprisingly high to me. Like, he, he has more offensive votes right now than KD in the second return. KD had more in the first return. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's going to be tough.
0: Nah, yeah, sure. But looking at the standards in the West, as I just mentioned, um, OKC is one of the top three teams over there. I don't think anybody predict, could have predicted Minnesota or OKC being at the top of the conference this year. Maybe OKC being right in the middle at 4-5. Minnesota definitely took a bigger leap than I think a lot of people thought they would take. Do you think this is one of those years where you see teams like this, not even to look just far into the playoffs, but where they can have the same success leading into the playoffs? Or do you think, you know, this is just, these are another young teams who we kind of see. Let's still wait and see because who knows what those late-season struggles could be like when you're trying to push to the finish line of the season.
1: I think the best thing for OKC is that even though Shea is a young player, he's been in the league um, five or six years, and he's been in the playoffs. So I I think that's going to work to their favor as far as not flopping in the first round. I think they got a good chance of winning whatever their first-round matchup is. And then once you get into the second round, I think that's when experience might catch up to them a little while. But I think it's all going to depend on what that first-round matchup is. I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago, and I don't even know if the standards are the same um, right now because obviously you have to go through a play-in situation. But looking at it today, they're tied for first, but they're in second, I guess, because of the tiebreaker. When it was before, they would have had to play Depending on who wins the in, I'm just going to go top eight winning and we're about to play in. But they will potentially play Dallas today. I don't know if I would take OKC over Dallas, and that's tough. And the other matchup would be Phoenix. Through all the flaws that Phoenix have, could OKC beat them in the seven-game series? Like, I I could see them beating them in the regular season, but it does get – we've seen how much tougher it gets to play out. I mean, we saw this play out last year. We talked about it. Throughout the season, uh, I know we talked about it heavy towards the end of the season where it started looking like Sacramento was going to end up against potentially the Lakers or the Warriors. But we, we saw potentially younger teams playing these established teams in the first round, which we ended up seeing with uh, Sacramento and Golden State and the Lakers played Memphis. Memphis. Um, and you you just saw the youth on display as the older team, with these established people that have gone and won championships were able to, you know, just kind of put their will on the younger team and win those series. So, Dallas doesn't, which I don't think Dallas is going to finish in seventh, first of all. So, we, we you still got to see, but I'm, I'm just going out for what it is today. Dallas doesn't have that champion, but they have Luka, and they have the playoff experience as well, being a conference finals team just like two years ago. So, I, I don't I don't know. I think the matchup is what's going to be the, the most important thing for OKC. But having Shea as the leader, um, I think, put, it helps. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them go out in the first round. But I'm not saying they are at this moment.
0: No, yeah, I definitely get what you mean. Um, like you say, young team, outside of Shea, there really isn't anybody else on this team with that type of experience. But Shea being your point guard, Sometimes that's enough, especially at that position. He has, he's got to have the ball in his hand. He's got to get to the side and dictate how the offense goes. They're a good defensive team. Like you said. you have do have young players who still might not – Shea might be ready, but that doesn't mean the rest of the team is ready. Exactly And right. looking at Minnesota, who has made the playoffs the last couple of years. Um, of course, the Denver Nuggets said that probably was their toughest series last year in the playoffs. I don't think anybody saw them really taking the leap to – number one team in the Western Conference at any point of the season. Uh, we see how Anthony Edwards has developed and how he's become a better player. We see the fit now with Carlton Towns and Rudy Gobert. We were talking a couple of days ago, and you mentioned how nobody's talked about that trade anymore being a bad trade or being unsuccessful because we see what Minnesota's doing defensively. Like you said a couple times on record and you know just casually talking, you think Minnesota's going to have three All-Stars. Do you think Minnesota's gonna be able to keep up defensively in the playoffs? Rudy Gobert has been in the playoffs plenty of times. Carlton Town has been plenty of times, like Anthony Edwards at this point, has been a couple times in his career. Still a relatively young team though, but do you think they'll be good enough? Not even necessarily good enough, but steady enough to hold it up, hold up in the playoffs as well? And see, this is where Minnesota's a little bit different. Because Mike Kelly, also a vet. they they have that
1: that middle they have more vets on their team where I can see Minnesota making the conference finals run this year, mm. like Anthony Edwards is their, their young player. Shea has more experience than Ant, but Ant already has two seasons playoffs last year and mm-hmm. the year before. He's made the playoffs twice already, and we saw him average thirty in the playoffs last year. Having Gobert, ten years in the league. Cat is almost ten years in the league. Mike Conley on this team he's a vet vet. 16 years, like even when you look at OKC, like their role players don't even have that experience. But then look at Kyle Anderson, not like the guys that's playing the most are young is Ant and Naj Reed. Neither one of them are over five years in the league. But to have other important players on the team that are vets that, you know, they've been in this league and they've experienced some things in the playoffs all of them, except for Carl Anthony Towns, have made it. As far as Cat, uh, Rudy, and Mike Conley, Mike and Rudy have both no. Rudy ain't made no conference finals. No, what I'm, conference I'm thinking about, it, but Mike has made the conference, conference finals. Um, but Rudy has playoff experience. He's been he's had a lot of playoff experience. So I see Minnesota uh, differently, and especially just with how elite their defense is, people will say their hold up is kind of offensively. But I don't fear them offensively. Fear that they're gonna have an issue offensively in the playoffs because in those slow down moments ain't gonna average thirty, ain't gonna average thirty in the playoffs. So get I don't I don't worry about them getting buckets, um, as long as the defense carries over to the playoffs, the uh, Minnesota be fine. Like they, I'm not putting NBA finals on them, but they could, I wouldn't be surprised if they made the finals this year. I'm not saying that they are, but I think their team is legit. I don't think they're a fluke of a team. I definitely think that they should be. Thinking conference finals run yeah. this year, yet, definitely. but you get in the conference finals if you make the conference finals, you can make the NBA yeah. finals. Honestly, so yet, uh, sure. but I, I, I'm not ready to say that they're the best team in the West yet.
0: No, yeah, I can dig but it. But they've
1: had the best record right there around the best record in the league all year, f- all year. So you know, all year. that matters too. Before
0: I switch subjects, one more thing on both teams: OKC. Okay, I think this is their coach second, third year, might be a second year. Minnesota, relatively young coach as well. Um, do you think that could be a hold up for either team? Neither Neither team coaches has really been in those situations where it's like, where that pressure is on them to come up with these game plans to keep teams rolling.
1: Honestly, I say no, because the league just like it's filled with young players, it's filled with young coaches also. So, you know, you run into an older coach, maybe. Like Minnesota's first round matchup, if this was over today would be Phoenix. So you got Frank Vogel NBA champion. But I just think Minnesota has the matchups that Phoenix can't handle right now. Uh, so, I, I don't think it'd be an issue with Minnesota um, because also you have s- such veteran players in important positions. You could possibly see it be an issue with OKC just because you don't have the vets all over the court like that. So, right. I mean, even just as simple as having. You know, uh, you got, cool, you got Mike Conley, you got Rudy, but even having a vet like Kyle Anderson, like he's been in the league, he's played for good teams, he played for respected coaches. Um, Having a vet like him that's contributing and that can put people in the right positions I think is important. Who's Kyle Anderson on OKC? Hmm.
0: No, yeah, definitely. No, yeah, definitely. Like I said, those those top two teams in the West at the moment, uh, looking at another young team who's not necessarily having the success that they ha- that those teams are having. Ain't nobody's
1: even over ten years on OKC. Is anybody over seven years? Probably Davis Bertans is. He has the most experience on them seven year pro. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. No, it is. Shout man. to OKC. Be winning with such a young team. Yeah, I think they are
0: losing in the first round. No, nah, yeah, for sure. But looking <laughs> at the Houston Rockets, who last year, I think everybody would say was. Definitely a not serious team. They I may over the offseason. They bring in some vets, Fred VanVleet with a big contract, Jeff Green, Boban, just players like that of sorts. not saying they're going to be a serious playoff threat, but do you consider this season as of now a success for the development of the Houston Rockets?
1: Oh, yeah, so far because Houston is a solid team. Like, they're not a bad team, and they're not a great team. They're... They're in the middle. Like, they're second in defensive points per game. Um, their offense isn't where I thought it would be because I feel like Jalen uh, Green has taken a slight step back. But they have moments where, you know, you can't – you you know, Houston's a great city. And last year you was going out for sure when you came to Houston. You might go out because it's Houston, but you ain't staying out late. You know, you no, got to right. prepare for that game now because – they will pop up, and they'll win, and they're going to play hard, and they're not going to back down, and the team is just put together more serious this year. Um, I do think they're going to make the playoffs, which is good for Jalen Green's development. You know, I'm offer young, top draft picks playing in winning positions. Um, and this year, show is he really like part of the future for them. So I think it's been a success so far. They're 18-18, ninth in the West. They're going to make the play-in, potentially make the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if they – I think they got a chance to make the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if they were left out. But I do think they're going to make the play-in. Like, I I think they're going to be in there. You got to be top ten to make the play-in? Yeah, top Mm ten. I think they're going to make the play-in for sure. Um, You know, because the only threat that's on the outside right now is Golden State because Golden State may suck, but as long as they got Steph healthy, they have a chance. No. Sure, right. um, but, yeah, Houston, I, I would say it's been a success for them this year because they've had – they. I mean, they, they have stretches where they look really good. They've kind of – they came back down to earth as a lot of teams have. Now you get into the, you know, the, the grind of the season. But 18-18 for a team, what, what did they win last year? Did they win 18 games <laughs> last year? Right. They won 22 games last year. So, yeah, this definitely has been a success so far.
0: Right, yeah, for sure. Like I say, shout out to Ima who got there and immediately – change things around as far as how that team was built it's just as far as having veterans on the team um, I want to bring up some non-basketball a non-basketball thing right now but I'm related back to basketball but of course as the sporting world saw Bill Belichick and New England parted ways um, looking at that from a basketball perspective because I think that's crazy that that you know of course New England has been bad over the last couple of years without Tom Brady haven't been able to you know make the playoffs or duplicate any kind of success you could say realistically it probably was time for a change to get a fresh voice in there for new england but looking at that as far as the landscape of basketball now wouldn't that be just like not pop getting fired i'm just retiring like the spurs and pop parting ways and he's gonna go coach somewhere else would that be would that be the equivalent of that for you as far as the nba go and how yeah, a of yeah, easily because of that be. because
1: because especially before this year, and I haven't heard it as much this year. I did hear it from one radio. I I listen to a lot of talk radio, um. So I did hear one radio host was saying like Pop should be fired or he should be let go. <laughs> it was probably a couple months ago. San Antonio stinks. Worst record in the in the West. Second worst record in the NBA. Uh, tied for the second worst record in the NBA. But it it would be that because Bill Belichick isn't. I, I, Bill Belichick clearly didn't leave When Tom Brady left because He he clearly wanted to coach more And I, I, I think it's also Of not just leaving The franchise hanging So you coach to try to make this transition Even as far as select. It's, I, I, like It's not surprising to me that the coach that they hired Was somebody that Belichick drafted I, I don't know if he coached under him or whatever But whatever But Pop could have easily left a couple years ago but he wanted to stay there to see, help them with this transition of Duncan retiring, Ginobili Parker and all that. Um, and so you go and you stay as you develop some of the young picks that they draft and clearly they were playing to try to get Victor. This has been a thing for a couple of years. You had Tony Parker who was over his team. Um, he, he, he's been a generational player for the last three years. Uh, that's, that's all we've heard. So they clearly was trying to put themselves in position to get this player. But Pop could have just walked away. So imagine now they part ways. Even though they, San Antonio's in, the, at least San Antonio has their franchise player. Like New England didn't even get their quarterback or <laughs> nothing. I don't know yeah. what they got going on there. But if he got fired now, or because that—that's Belichick really low key got fired. They—they don't they say co- they part ways. He—he yeah. he, he slick got fired, which is crazy. He—he should have had to. I don't think he'd be able to step down on his own. Yeah, he should be able to step down on his own. Um, he should have been able to choose to leave. Unless he didn't just
0: unless he's refusing to leave. Yeah,
1: unless, yeah, right. unless he's refusing because, you know, eventually you do got to be able to move on. Um, and, and maybe that's what it happened too, but they clearly wanted to do something different. So if, if Pop, like, wanted to coach somewhere else, like, it's not like if when Pop's done, I think he's going to be done. When he leaves San Antonio, I think he's going to be done. I don't think he's leaving San Antonio and going to Detroit or Philly or Atlanta or nowhere else. He's going to be done. So, to, to if he was to part ways in them and then go somewhere else, that would 100% be the equivalent of that. I mean, even we just saw Nick Saban retire. Like Imagine Nick Saban. They didn't win the championship this year. He stepped down and he goes somewhere else next year opposed to because you know, Georgia won these last few championships. Alabama hasn't been bad, obviously, but they haven't won the championship in the last couple of years, and that's the standard that's set there. And then there's the whole NIL thing that's been going on. So imagine he went somewhere else, opposed to retiring. So yeah, it is kind of weird that Belichick is going to coach somewhere else opposed to saying, "All right, we did what we can do here, and I'm retiring." Opposed to, I mean, instead of that, it's look like he's, he's going to coach, coach somewhere around else. Around. So yeah, Pop would definitely be the equivalent of that. Pop in San Antonio. The success, the legend of a coach, no, for sure. He he would, he would definitely be that, and I think it would definitely be just as big of a shock. Not if they parted ways, but if they parted ways and he's still gonna coach. Yeah, right.
0: That's that's, 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 that's the, the main that's thing. thing.
1: Yeah, right. It's not that's the parting right. ways. The fact that he's still gonna coach is what change. You know, change of scenery is a real thing too. He could feel that too. Stuff is different now. Maybe y'all want to completely rebuild, meaning whole new era. But it's still at the end of the day, just with you. Clearly, y'all weren't seeing eye to eye somewhere, and even you aren't seeing eye to eye because it don't gotta just be them. It could be you too. But I do think it's some of them too because I don't think they expected to be this bad. Like I think they expected to kind of figure it out a little quicker, especially with Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl nah, yeah,
0: right.
1: or whatever. And didn't they go to another one? Yeah, they they won one and went to another one, and y'all barely, can't even make the playoff basically. So I definitely think it's like a he. Him going somewhere else is like him getting fired, honestly. <laughs> nah, yeah, sure.
0: But back to NBA news, and I'm glad you brought up San Antonio. This um, squad has been kept. Trey Jones has been playing more minutes with Victor, which has made everybody start throwing him the passes in the right spots on, in a, on the court, making sure he gets more touches. Something as simple as that, do you think that – I don't think San Antonio is going to turn their season around. I don't think they're going to win 30 games or anything. But do you think something as simple as that is going to help Victor and his season and his progression though? Yeah, that's something I've been asking for all year. And
1: that's that's one thing I hate about this.
0: Um, Real quick, just to even double back on that, do you think that's going to even help everybody else on the court? Yeah. As far as Jeremy Soha and – Gets to play a more natural, powerful position. Devin Vessel gets to be more of a scorer. Keldon Johnson gets to be more of a shot taker and shot maker. There's no responsibility on anybody else to actually feed Victor, but if y'all see him, give him the ball because Trey Jones—that's what the point guard is doing.
1: Right, like I, I, like I said, I hate the this fake position in basketball and everybody can do everything type of thing. Like I can, I can see why, even though it's not working completely. It's not, not working, but it's not working because of injury in Phoenix. I can see why Phoenix, with the three prolific players they have, can say we're going to go rogue and not get a point guard because KD can play make, Booker can play make, Bill can play make, we're just going to put the ball in our best player's hands. But like the idea that the Spurs was going to do this with Sohan at the beginning of the year was so disrespectful to basketball <laughs> to me. Because y'all are a young team, so like, get Trey Jones is a point guard. And He's a natural point guard. He's played point guard his whole life. So you can just tell how he knows how to pass the ball. And at this point, you want Victor to be figuring out what kind of player he want to be in the NBA, what spots he like, and who can get him the ball in those positions matter. But I literally was, was going to go into this. also helps Devin Vassell as he just signed his huge deal over the summer. Shout out to him again, Metro Atlanta. Um, but this gives him – like he don't need to be thinking about – Obviously, you always want to add to your game. Yeah, sure. You don't want to just be stuck in one position. But he need to be thinking about developing as being one of their go-to scorers. He don't need to be trying to develop as a go-to scorer and a playmaker at the same time. I don't think that necessarily works. So you, you're simplifying simplifying these people's roles out there by not trying to say, all right, everybody can do anything. Anybody that can handle the ball can be a playmaker. And I think that's what gets lost in what people don't understand in roles sometimes. Sometimes, as you're trying to learn – good basketball habits, ways to win. You need to simplify the roles instead of being like, yeah, he can handle the ball because he can dribble up court and all the point guard do is dribble up and pass the ball. It's like it's not that simple. It is where you're getting the ball, knowing when you need to get the ball, knowing how to exploit certain matchups, simply being able to make an entry pass. Like they, they struggle so bad with making passes in the post Earlier this year, and it it, it don't got to just be the low post, high post, wherever uh, they they just weren't doing it. And it does look better. They're still terrible because they're a young team, but I feel like they they're playing better, definitely in certain stretches. With and you, you can see the development more when you can simplify these people roles, and then just trying to put that on Jeremy Sohan. Like he, I don't know who people think Jeremy Sohan is, <laughs> and I don't want to go in on him. Cause I'm not the biggest fan of him as everybody else, but the idea that he was just going to become this guy that was going to play make for everybody out there, like he's barely an offensive player, barely. I don't understand why they thought that was going to work, but I was trying to make him relevant on the court. Honestly, offensively, it's like all right, maybe if he can play make for other people, but he, you don't need to focus on him offensively. He need to be, he need to run the baseline and and play, uh, uh, free throw line, free throw line in then he can attack the basket and you can still make those little dropout passes or passes into the corner. You need to run baseline to get free throws. He don't need to be making decisions for everybody. That don't mean he can't be a decision maker, but he doesn't need to be making decisions for everybody. So the Trey Jones thing made sense. San Antonio needs to invest in that elite point guard. And if they do that, they could be better quicker than later. I mean, the league is wide open and you see how the right moves and development can help. Look at Orlando and where they were last year to where they are this year, the same thing could happen with San Antonio. If, if, and we see Victor being this player that we think they could be, if if he is who you think he is, and he's showing that he has all the abilities to be that. Win sooner than later. Like, all right, cool. This season, maybe a wash. It's clearly a wash out six and 30, get another top three pick. Because although I don't think me, shout out to our homie, Josh, we call him Kobe. Um, I don't think Isaiah Collier is a number one pick, but in the right situation, he is. And if he's there, and like San Antonio have a chance to get Isaiah, Isaiah Collier, that's what this team needs, Not honestly. Because sure.
0: the player like Victor – think
1: people think Rob Dillingham, they need Isaiah Collier. That's who they need. Yeah. Also Metro Atlanta.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because whoever it is at the point guard position with a player like Victor has got to have to be dynamic on their own as well. I know even with little things like Trey just knowing when to cut to the basket – when to drive to the basket off Victor post up because no defender is going to help off Victor just off the fact that you can give him the ball anywhere near the basket and he can dunk it. He's His defender is never going to help. Right. So just knowing a point guard that can exploit those lanes like that. And if you can get one that's explosive as well right. as a good shooter and has a soft touch, you know, and, that helps.
1: And I think having a real ball handler out there instead of, oh, anybody can make plays that takes, like I hate the... I don't mind the occasional he get the rebound, dribble it up, make a move, because you don't want to put him in a box. But you also don't want it to be reckless. And when you don't got somebody I recognize as our floor general, I'm going to dribble it up court every time. Opposed to, all right, this time, him making me give him the ball Mm -hmm. to set us up. Jeremy Sohan ain't making me give up the ball. (laughs) Like, you you barely can dribble better than me. You don't play make better than me for real. So, I, I think that definitely matters. So, they say the Spurs is in the talks to get DeJounte and all that. I think, like, this season's over. Just yeah. keep being terrible yeah. and put yourself in position to drive Isaiah Collier in the top five next year and maybe worst-case scenario, uh, Dillingham from Kentucky. It might be another point guard out there that everybody loves, and I don't know, but I, I personally think the perfect pick for them is Isaiah Collier. He can score, he can shoot, but he, he he's – He's a traditional, to me, He's a, he plays like a traditional point guard, but kind of how they play nowadays. Like, he can handle the ball. He can make all the passes that you need to make as far as the injury passes and putting people in the right position. He plays mature, but then he can also play in other positions on the court as well. But he he's a point guard. So, forget training for DeJounte Murray because DeJounte Murray is also already under contract. Let that go. Keep being terrible. Get this pick. Draft call you. Unless you want to trade the pick to Charlotte and get Lamelo,
0: that's what I think. Let's go get <laughs> Lamelo in yeah. San Antonio. Lamelo in San Antonio, yeah, for sure. How
1: long for pot retire?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lamelo in San Antonio, yeah, for sure.
1: Lamelo and Victor would be crazy. crazy. First of all, nah, yeah, would that would be, be insane. Crazy. Lamelo come back tonight,
0: too. but. On to switch gears to the New York Knicks, who after making their trade to acquire Louisiana. the Noby. Knicks.
1: But real quick, did you see Melo say that? RJ game is bland. Yeah. He said he don't know if he, he had, had four. four he 20, had 26.
0: 26 yeah. Fat. <laughs> he had 31 the other night, I think, or 26 or something like that. But, um, of course, we weren't here to talk about the trade. But, of course, the New York Knicks and the Toronto Raptors agreed to the trade with the main pieces being OG Novi going to the Knicks and um, Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett going to Toronto. Toronto getting their starting point guard as of right now for – the unpredictable future, who knows what that may be. But the Knicks, who we're here talking about right now, are 5-1 since acquiring OG lost to Dallas Mavericks last night in a close win, I mean in a close loss, excuse me. Um, no, I don't think the Knicks front office think OG Ananobi is the answer to their championship questions. I think the fans might think that. I don't think that's what the front office thinks. No, they still one nine of the metrics. No, they still want a star player, whoever that may be. They still want Donovan Mitchell. (laughs) But he's CAA, right? I'm not getting into that. (laughs) But, yeah, he is. And RJ Barrett is no longer. is how we got there. But OG Ananobi does solve some problems that this team needed. He is a defensive-minded wing who can guard multiple multiple stars out there, whether that be the KDs, LeBrons, et cetera, et cetera. It's been a consistent shooter for them. He's given them about 18 points a game this year. Of course, as everybody has said already, he's the Tom Tom Thibodeau type of player. Just looking at this trade for what they got as of now, they're being OG and a Achua, Achua, who knows what they add later. But was this a trade the Knicks needed to make to go ahead and start making that push? We've seen them sign Jalen Bronson. We've seen them make other moves. Um, Josh Hart as well last year. But do you think you know? All right, Knicks fans, like the Knicks are trying to actually do something, and this could be the move that makes the next move, the championship. Excuse me, not championship move, but the contending move for them. Hundred like, percent. I don't want to put championship on the Knicks ever.
1: Hundred percent, because I think where RJ RJ Bear was drafted and the expectations, I think he always, which not saying the OG doesn't want. A bigger offensive role, but I think RJ always was gonna want another level role. He was the number three pick mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Like he, he, he wants to be an all star. Right.
0: He
1: he's supposed to be the number one pick to Zion. Like shattered you know, the earth and sure. he he you know he became Zion. So I think OG will fit better in the role, even though he wants to have. Touches offensively, chance to get paid, potentially have a chance to be an all-star. I, I just think OG fits a little better. Um, and he's going to give you the same, if not better, defensively. Um, I do think it's a good piece for them, too, because OG also has experience. He's an NBA champion. He's been to the playoffs a lot. Um, So, so I think it overall just works. And I think, like, well, what you're getting from OG can help them depend. I'm trying to say my words right because I've been on record saying how much I don't like Quinn Grimes. I don't like his game. I don't like him. I don't know him. <laughs> I don't like his game. He don't do. He don't do nothing out there that that they say that he's supposed to do. But this lessens your dependency on him a little bit. For some reason, to me, because they already started like kind of swapping his minutes out once they got Josh Hart. Um, but sometimes with the inconsistencies that you got with RJ, it still left, and they play different positions. But it still left an opening to play Quentin Grimes a little more. But I think OG helps them get away from that, and it puts them in position for sure. They're going to have Donovan Mitchell this summer. And honestly, I think it makes sense. Um, I don't know how that's going to work with – because they, they are going to have three players that are going to be really ball dominant that need the ball in uh, Donovan – if they got Donovan God Mitchell with Donovan, um, Jalen Jay Bronson, and Julius Randle. But Donovan Mitchell is the splash that I think that they're going to go for unless they can get like Paul George – or something like that, and then you get a bigger wing. But a, 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 a high-scoring wing is what they're going to go for. And he, we know he got the ties. But OG is a piece in that right direction. And even just swapping out a young player that y'all drafted and developed for a, you know, teams that win championships have champions or players that have been to the championship on their team. It's rare that it ain't at least one of them there. So now you got one in the building, and I think it helps. No,
0: yeah. I definitely think it helps as well, like I say. And, like I said, going after Donovan Mitchell, you're not worried about, oh, we got such a small backcourt because the rest of the team is a bigger team with O.G. Anovi, you know, 6'8", Wayne, Julius Randle, 6'10", power forward, Mitch Robson when he comes back healthy next year. I think he's only listed at 7'1", but his wingspan is crazy. The, the rest of the team has good size on them, So the next. Could be positioning in themselves to be contenders in the near future, just by making that one move. Yeah, I agree. Big night in the NBA last night. When I say big, I mean it was a lot of blowouts. The like one that crazy. I wanna, the one I want to get into um, at the moment could be a potential conference finals matchup in the playoffs. Could determine who comes out to play. You know, could determine who comes out the east in the playoffs. Of course, that's Boston and Milwaukee. Milwaukee winning that game last night. Um, I think everybody has been kind of putting Boston on that course going to the championship because Boston is, you know, best record in the league. They have looked great this year, especially after acquiring Przingis and Drew Holiday, where at times Milwaukee has struggled to get wins against teams. They should be even, you know, even, you know, getting wins that are closer than they should be. Milwaukee. I'm not going to call it a, you know, we send in a message type of game. You know, Boston was coming off of overtime back-to-back victory over uh, Minnesota as well. But do you think this was a game that Milwaukee needed to win, even if it wasn't in this type of fashion, where well, we saw Malik Beasley have a good game? We saw um, Damian Lillard, who I think at times this year had struggled. Man, Damian Lill, you ain't never been a playmate Now I But Damian Lill, you've never, you don't have to be eight, nine assists on this team, Damian. I feel like sometimes Damian put this offense in bad positions, trying to find lesser players at times because he is one of the two best players on this team. So not Giannis, everybody else is lesser. But do you think this was a game that they needed to win and um, Griffin needed to win as a coach in his first year with Milwaukee? Yeah,
1: I definitely think it was a game that they were locked in on, that they wanted to come – you know, come out with the win, and just send a statement to Boston or even just to themselves because Boston does have the best record um, in the league, and they were just in the finals two seasons ago, conference finals last year. Like, it's a good chance you are going to have to see them coming into the playoffs. So, I I could see how this game, you know, and then you're catching them. Like you said, they are coming off of an OT game and another game, so you are catching them at a moment where it's like, yeah, don't even – play with them, honestly, so I I can see that being a game where it mattered to Milwaukee to really get this win, and Boston barely showed up, Um, like, I guess they didn't want to play, They whatever was the reason, and honestly, I think, you know, Boston could turn it around and get it together, it's still a, a long way to go, but I think it's going to matter if they don't fix it and they do if they do just try to treat it like it's just one night type of thing because Milwaukee matches up with Boston. And with Dame, they, they have the offensive firepower to overtake them. We know they're going to be able to play them defensively. Um, so I think this showed, for one, it's that old thing with Boston just – I guess the reason why I feel how I feel is Boston could be rolling, and I never take them serious because I always feel like they could do like what they did last night. They could disappear. They could just have games where they don't – just not playing. And I don't see nobody on their team that, like, stops them from having those. Everybody's going to lose. Nobody goes 82-0. and But I can't see – LeBron at the same stage that Tatum is losing this game by 40 to this team I can't see that happening in the KD. I can't see it happening in the Kobe. And I'm saying this because these are the people that Jason Tatum are, is being compared to um, And I'm putting it more him than Jalen Brown because he's their best player I'm putting on Jalen Brown too, obviously, but we're gonna talk about who the best player when they win It's gonna be about how Tatum is their best player. He's the best American player. He's top five These, these are he, This is his MVP season. You can't lose by 40 to these people 30, whatever the final score was, 135 to 102. And it was worse than that, honestly. Oh, nah, yeah, right. You, like, you score 15 points in the second quarter, 75 in the first half. Like, y'all didn't, wouldn't even trying tonight. You get bit. How do you get benched? That's some high school stuff. The starters got benched to start the second half. So, it's like these moments I expect Boston. To have and it's like it's, it's something always missing there, and you know, everybody it's just one game. I i understand it also, it's one game, and then when you get in the playoffs, it's a series. But it's these games that always keeps me from just always going full in on Boston is gonna uh, win the championship or no, represent sure. the East.
0: No, yeah, I definitely get what you mean. Like, say, um, of course, like say, it is just one game. But when you get into the playoffs, I know a 7 game series was sometimes all it takes is that one game to throw the swing, mo- the, throw the, momentum. Ther- swing the momentum and now you're looking right. to you know, you're in the one and you're not in a driver's seat anymore. And uh, yeah. Like I say, one game Milwaukee definitely wanted to, this was if nothing else for them knowing that they are rolling as well. They're trying to keep that groove going and this is a win you need to get. Like I say, it didn't have to be a thirty point win, but definitely want to get this win because uh, of course, you never know how the regular season is gonna go. The you know, last year, Boston had the best record for the most part of all season, and Milwaukee caught them at the end. You always want to win your season series, if not for just knowing that you can be the team, knowing that this might determine who in first place and who in second place, and everybody wants home court advantage. I don't care what anybody say. You brought up Jason, you know, people thinking this could be Jason Taylor's MVP. Year. Of course, we're probably still not gonna get into that right now because it's still the second going to the third week of January. But who has put up impressive MVP? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Put up impressive MVP resumes as of right now to you.
1: Honestly, the the people that I look at right now leading for MVP is Shea and Luka. I keep seeing all these things. that got Embiid at the top and then um, Jokic and and B, yeah, like, he, he's playing, he leads the league in scoring. He's playing great. And especially when he was out there before he started missing these games. Like, Philly, they they had their run at the top of the East, but I don't, I if I, ha, ha, you know, I don't do these votes, but if I had a right, vote yeah. today, I would probably give it to Shea. Right. Honestly, OKC being tied for the best record in the West. Like, yeah, Yoke, the, the numbers are going to be there. These people going to put up the numbers, and they're going to win. But how Shea is leading this young OKC team while averaging 30, I think he is doing more and is more deserving, not deserving, but is earning it more than, like, Embiid's averaging 30, Philly is cool. Has Philly really taken another step this year? Where it's just like, we just see the dominant, like, you can't just do what you did. And not that he's doing the same thing because he's averaging more points, I believe but I don't see the next step, honestly. Not that I'm seeing him take a step back either, but I don't see the next step. And I do think, especially when somebody is elevating their game, whether it's in their individual stats, the individual stats and their team stats, a good mix of that. I do think you got to kind of outdo what you did the first MVP when you're winning back-to-back. Unless everybody's kind of like, if Shea was averaging like 27, 28, but they were winning this kind of pedestrian, he's averaging 35, 34, then it's like, cool. But the run that Luka was on and how he was getting 39s and 40s and triple-doubles and everything Luka was doing the numbers that he's putting up in his Shay and what they're doing, like, I really think Shay should be the leading candidate right now. But, like, Denver, they're not, like, blowing my socks off with of what they're doing <laughs> this year. <laughs> like, Yoke is just having a good season. I know he's probably averaging a triple-double. I don't got to pull up his numbers. I know what his numbers are. the are and 9. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, Basketball reference is up, and I'm looking at the standards. I'm not looking at his numbers. I'm about to pull up Denver so I can see his actual numbers. I know they're around 27, 10, and 9. That's cool. I don't think I got to give him the MVP because of that. 25, 11, really 12, 11.8, and 9 assists. We know what he's (laughs) doing. Cool. Shea averaging 30. His team has the second-best record in the West. Luka is averaging 30. They're in that middle ground where they can be fourth one day and they're in seventh now. But they're they're winning also and they was on a run and he's missed some games recently, which has affected you know, Kyrie got the win for them last night, but him right. being out, you know, that's gonna you gonna take a L here or there when you're missing Luca. So sure. I'm I'm looking at them too. I think people are getting lazy and they're trying to fault people in calling it voters fatigue if we don't give this guy the M V P because he's doing the same thing he did the first time. So if that was good enough, it was good enough then because the playing field was different then. It's a different Every year, it's a different playing field. It's a different level. People are doing different things. And I do think you have to either slightly outdo it, whether it's just in the numbers or it's your team, the numbers and your team taking that next step. Yeah, sure. And it's okay to vote the guy that's having the best season. So if I had to vote today, if I was picking a pick today, and we're you know we're at a decent point, we almost halfway, yeah, you're almost at the halfway point, so I'll entertain it. I, Shea should be getting more press as an MVP candidate right now. I'm tired of saying the MVP ladder and his NB, which I don't think he's going to hit the mark, but he's nine games away from not even being eligible for the MVP. And he could miss another nine games. But every time I see the ladder, it's Embiid and Jokic, one and two, and it's just so lazy to me. They was ready to just give it to Jason Tatum. But it's just being lazy. Let's let's acknowledge these other players and what they're doing. Shea's averaging 30. He's averaging two steals per game. Like I already said, they got the second best record in the West. I think he's shooting, I'm gonna go ahead and pull up his stats. He's shooting that's what I thought, 55 from the field, and he's shooting 35 from three. Shea having a great year. And his team is hooping with no player with over seven years pro experience on his team. He's the vet. Cause I know who listening to Bertons? He don't even speak English. <laughs> so I like I like Shea and Luca. Shea averaging two point three steals a game. I'm pretty sure he lead the league in steals. Right. But two point three steals per game, eighty nine percent from the free throw line. I would I would give Shea the MVP right now, man. No,
0: nah, yeah, I can definitely did that. Like so, he's and doing you
1: know that. it's authentic because I had to be. I had to be sold on Shea, but I wanted to know if it was legit because everybody be crowning people too early, and he went off last year, but I'm like, okay, oh, you know, they weren't terrible, but I'm like, are they really good? Shea is legit. Shea is legit, and I think he's having an MVP season. All right, Patrick. and
0: not to mention that, but he's doing it offensively and defensively, which if you look at how a lot of people have been talking about the MVP award, they wanted a, you know a player who's also above average defensively to be in the consideration for because Defense is a part of the game as well. Point three steals a game. That ain't no. That ain't. That's that's work. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's close to a block a game, if not a block a game. Because Shea is a really good defender.
1: He's right under a block. Point eight, mm. which for a guard, mm, that's not bad. No nah,
0: yeah, right.
1: Right under. We. That's a block. That's a block a game.
0: And I'm pretty sure he's gonna be in the running for clutch player of the year this year as well.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He should, he should be in that, too.
0: But other than that, you got anything else for this episode?
1: Other than that, I told y'all I was doing my all-star voting while we are here, so I'll say it now. From the east, I went with Halliburton and Maxie in the backcourt. Okay. There ain't no Dane. I didn't go with Dame. I don't know why, but I just gave it to Maxie. They're a third. The be- average is 26. And-
0: I want to say that you've been on record saying you don't think Maxie is gonna get gonna be a starter. Yeah, well. so
1: I, I I gave it to him. Pause. And respect, and respect. So, <laughs> yes. uh, it it be, Giannis and Tatum was my th- was my front court. I almost put Paolo in over Tatum, but that was be petty. Yeah. I was gonna do it just cause how terrible they was the other night. <laughs> For the West, I got Luca and Shea in the back court. Okay, I got Durant. I got Jokic, and I got Anthony Davis.
0: Over LeBron James? Uh,
1: over LeBron. Yeah. 25 and 12, Anthony Davis. LeBron averaging 24-7 and 7. But Anthony Davis, 25 and 12. I put Anthony Davis over LeBron. Yeah. I, I figured that might shake things up. Okay. But uh, other than that, um, just as always, appreciate the uh, supporters. Um, you, know, you can find us anywhere where podcasts are available. Just search the Hooper's Pod. Of course, do your Googles shout out to the off the ball network as always it's trivia season so make sure you go to the off the ball network and catch these trivia episodes episode one is out now uh that was me mo me and mo was on the team shout out to mo we went against chris lebron and cruz go check that out um shout out to ken um That's
0: all I got. <laughs> and uh, with that being said, I'm John W. Fresh X. This was another episode of the Hoopers Pod.